the axe of the blood god. <laughs> Welcome to another episode of Axe of the Blood God, US Gamer's official RPG podcast. I'm your host, Cat Bailey. With me, as always, my lovely co-host, Nani Oxford. Hello, everybody. Hope you're doing well. Uh, hope it's nice where you are. It's cold where I am, and there's this awful wind. Otherwise, I'm good. This is the first time in a while that we haven't had uh, somebody else joining us. It's just the two of us today, Nadia. Yeah, just the two of us and our cats. We don't really have much of an opinion on anything. <laughs> my cat has a lot of opinions on a lot of different things. I will have you know. <laughs> But he only knows how to express them as meow, so... Uh, no, he expresses them in many different ways. If you want to learn how to speak cat, you have to learn how to uh, understand body language That's and true. the way that they meow. And uh, yeah, There is a language, there is a rhyme and a reason to it, but mostly he just stands there and goes, meow. <laughs> this is what I think of politics. <laughs> yeah, uh, so there's a big RPG coming out, I believe, this week um, as of the launch of this recording and that is Nino Kuni 2. I'm going to be talking about that. I'm also going to be talking about a game that sort of kind of wants to be an RPG or at least co-ops RPG elements. It's a game that I saw last week which is God of War. Oh and a small side note Nadia. I, I finally beat Monster Hunter World. Yes I saw on Twitter. Congratulations. Muzzle tough. Yes thank you. Now I'm officially into the post game which consists entirely of grinding. <laughs> <laughs> you thought you were grinding before. Now get ready for more grinding. Even more grinding. Oh my gosh. I, I mean, I I just want a really nice set of armor. I feel the impetus. I want I want yeah. that armor. Is that feedback, that infamous Monster Hunter feedback. We were talking a little bit about Monster Hunter on the US Gamer podcast. And uh, Mike was saying how whenever he needs help, he just kind of fires a flare and like three Japanese guys come and help him out. And they don't just like do it like, you know, like regularly, they just put on an incredible show and it's just so much fun to watch. <laughs> I did a whole bunch of research and I finally found like the armor set that I want. Which? But, uh, well, I mean, it's not just a monster, it's multiple different parts. Mm. So it's like uh, a Rathalo- Rathos Soul Helm Beta with yes. the Rathian armor, with the Narragagante coil, with the Death Stench heel. <laughs> <laughs> That sounds so badass. You should wear that to prom, Monster Hunter and then, prom. Uh, how do you know I didn't? <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, uh, also the second powered Narragagante sword, because I just, I don't have it in me to go through like 20 hours in the arena just to get like a plus 20 to my defense on mm-hmm. a sword. I, I don't. I yeah. don't. I don't have it in me. But... I do have it in me to fight the Nergagante ten times so that I can smash its face in and get horns. Yeah, yeah, that's fair. You never quite get tired of that, I suppose. I don't know. It's just I, I don't. It, it doesn't necessarily feel like a grind to me because every battle is so intense. They really are, aren't they? Like they never really get any less intense. I think maybe by the end of like when I was done farming uh, the Great Jagras, I was just like, okay, let's just beat you up now. And but other yeah. than that, like some of the the harder monsters, yeah, they never get less intense. Uh, Nergagante is especially very tough. Um, we did a uh, earlier this week. We ranked the Monster Hunter World mon- encounters by what a pain in the ass they are. <laughs> uh, shockingly, Nergagante was number one, but there were a bunch of others. Uh, maybe 
some that you weren't expecting. So go check that out on mm. uh, the site. Here and I collaborated on that one because I believe we're the furthest in Monster Hunter at this part. Once I get a once I get the armor set and the weapon that I want, it's on to fighting tempered versions of oh the boy. monsters that have been fighting this entire game, which is to say they glow purple. <laughs> <laughs> or at least or at least uh their icons are purple. Okay. And it just means they're stronger. I guess they have better stats and maybe different attacks and that kind of thing. That's and your nice. goal and your goals your sole goal is to eventually reach level ninety nine in hunter rank. And then what? Eh. I mean, <laughs> but also there's going to be, I guess, expansions and more yeah. monsters coming. Uh, earlier this week, Capcom announced uh, a whole new Monster Hunter World monster coming soon, and also the ability to redo your monsters, which is kind of kind of nice. Yeah. So I think I don't know what it's called. The Devil. We were, Mike and I were talking about it, the Devil Joe, Devil Ho. We don't know, but it's <laughs> Devil Ho. Devil Ho. It's coming. And yeah. Along with Donald yeah, Trump. I have no idea, but like, yeah, I'm I'm looking forward to fighting that. I'm, mm-hmm. I'm looking forward to just jumping on and uh, fighting these monsters, perhaps with friends. Um, Bob and I talk all the time about Monster Hunter World, but for some reason we haven't played it together yet. So, oh, that's really interesting. He must be so happy to have you in the fold, though. <laughs> He's happy to have everybody in the fold. He's, yeah, he... I'll be getting back to it actually this weekend because I had to stop for a Ooh. while. But uh, yeah, I want to. I'm really. I still have a vendetta against that stupid electric ferret lizard thing. <laughs> I stopped long enough to uh I, I stopped I had to stop to play Nino Kuni 2, but I did manage to squeeze in uh the final boss battle, which is pretty cool. Like the the final boss is gigantic and awesome and fun to fight. Not hard either. Very easy actually. Oh, really? So did, is that the one you did on the stream? I think I No, no. Those were the Elder Dragons who are actually oh. are a lot tougher and fairly tough to solo. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I ultimately, I had Hiran help me, uh, helping me out with those. Uh, there's like a melty zombie dragon and a fire dragon and a very generic metal dragon. <laughs> but, uh, but then after that, there's a super dragon who looks like a, a Pokemon. I think I know the one you're talking about. Yeah. I've seen pictures yeah. of him. Yes. Yeah, he, he looks pretty rad, but he looks like a Pokemon. So all the designs are pretty rad. I, I really like the designs. Mm. I think that's the point. I wish there were more monsters, but the ones that are in there are so good that it's almost like, eh, as long as I get some good expansions, it's fine. Yeah. But a game that is coming out in a month that I finally got to play on Friday, a game that, weirdly enough, has not been available as a hands-on experience, despite the fact that we've known about it for almost two years now, mm-hmm. God of War, a game that is not an RPG. Nope. Uh, it is a, I don't know, it's almost like a third-person shooter, melee shooter. <laughs> That's an interesting Does that make sense it. to you? Because the camera is... Like, throw his axe? And... Yeah. Okay, okay, I can accept that. Because the camera is f- pretty much fixed right over the shoulder. It's almost right. like Resident Evil 4. Right, which was a great game. Uh, and you can throw the axe that he has. He has his Leviathan, I think it's called the Leviathan axe, uh... There will be enemies standing up on a wall, and you'll see them, and they'll be shooting at you. They'll be shooting fire rather than bullets or whatever. Mm, yeah. So you will take your axe and throw it at them, <laughs> and then maybe do some injury. And then you press triangle and call it back to you. That's almost fun. like, it, it reminded me of Avengers, actually. <laughs> oh, the, the, the Mjolnir. Yeah, right. exactly. Like, all I could think of was, you guys are totally watching the Avengers, and you got this idea. Um, I actually spent like 
10 minutes or 15 minutes interviewing Corey Barlog about that. And he said that initially the axe combat was kind of like straightforward and linear. And Mm -hmm. he kind of had the idea that it needed to be more interesting and that involved actually throwing it at people standing on walls and that kind of thing so i I can appreciate that i can respect that i mean yeah it's from avengers but it's one of the coolest things from avengers Mm -hmm. it's i I think the combat is actually pretty good for the most part uh involves lots of rolling around uh dealing with enemies coming at you from multiple sides um you press you hammer square so your son atreus shoots some with arrows um, and like he, he helps, he's helping. <laughs> he's help. I'm helping. His name sounds like a Treyu. He he is this this kind of sullen kid with like sunken eyes. Who <laughs> he's kind of undersized. Uh, sounds like he wants to be he wants to be a warrior, I guess, like Kratos. But he's like itty bitty. <laughs> kind of reminds me a little bit of uh, well, you love Redwall. You read Metameo, right? He kind of starts off as mm-hmm. a, a brat. And he has to learn as the, and grow as the book goes on, which is why it's one of my favorite Redwall books. So maybe it's oh yes, I, he's not a brat. He's very he's very deferential to Kratos, who like sounds like a grizzly bear. <laughs> like <laughs> he's got this like deep deep growl. He's like boy, boy. Uh, like here. I can't even I can't even come close to that's what my deep uh, voice is for. Boy, get yes. over here. Yeah, that's, there you go. <laughs> that's exactly what Kratos sounds like. Hire me. Uh, yes, uh, we have the new voice of Kratos here. It's not a Oxford. <laughs> so, uh, God of War has uh, God of War, like so many other AAA games these days, it has a skill tree. Nadia, mm, I love skill trees. Totally co-ops the skill trees uh, to as some semblance of death. Death. <laughs> <laughs> nice. And what? Let's see. Assassin's Creed Origins has mm-hmm. them. Uh, Horizon Zero Dawn has them. This game has them. Mm-hmm. It's become a kind of a fixture of this sort of action game. Uh, and I'm wondering, what do you think of the fact that these games have been co-opting this element that we know so well from RPGs? I'm okay with it. Um, I mean, let's face it. Uh, RPGs have been kind of co-opting each other for a very long time. I mean, look at Dragon Quest kind of co-opting wizardry and just kind of builds from there. So if you have adventure games co-opting skill trees to give it a little bit more depth, I, I'm okay with that. Um, I, I Even if it only gives you a little bit of customization, I, I find it's fun. I, I find that one of the funnest things about playing uh, games like that, like for example Skyrim is talking about, I know Skyrim's an actual RPG, but in any case, I just like talking about character builds. Like, what did you do? Oh, I was an Argonian archer. I can never get away from that build, FYI. So, I'm okay with it. Um, yeah, I, I'm, I'm, I'm someone who believes, like, we can all benefit from each other. What's funny about skill trees is that it didn't, skill trees didn't even start with RPGs. Uh, it's an oh. idea that David Brevik pulled from strategy games. Oh, well, there you go. <laughs> He pulled the idea of basically a tech tree from like civilization. Oh, interesting. And implemented it into Diablo. Mm-hmm. And consequently, we now think of skill trees as an RPG thing. Yes. Oh, goodness gracious. You're right. I think my issue with skill trees in these games is that often they're really shallow. Yeah, they definitely are. 
one of the problems with them is that you will have a one true path in terms of just leveling up your character because mm-hmm. you're not really having quote unquote builds. I you're just not, unlocking. No. You're just unlocking attacks. It's a way to gate the progression, right? right. And so it's like, oh, I have just unlocked this totally overpowered attack. Sweet. I'm just, (laughs) what particular element of my character do I want to be overpowered? That's a good point. Yeah. It's never really stood up to me as like anything particularly interesting. I I think Horizon Zero Dawn was a really good example of just like how banal a skill tree can actually be. It felt Mm -hmm. like a lot of the skills didn't. Like, either they were overpowered or they didn't do anything. <laughs> Some people will disagree with you on that one, I'm sure. Yeah. Assassin's Creed Origins, I think, did the skill tree a bit better. Uh, God of War, the way that its skill tree works is that... So you've got shield attacks. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then you have your axe. And you have uh, your kid. Your, you can level your kid up, too. Nice. Throw your kid at the enemies. <laughs> you should be able to do that, you right? Come on. Yeah. Uh, one of the actually one of the things that I kind of like about God of War is that you throw the axe, and then when the axe is like gone, you spend a lot of time like punching people in the face, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and it feels just as good to just punch somebody while using the shield as it does to actually use the axe. So what you'll end up doing is. You'll be swiping with the axe. You'll be doing area of effect attacks and that kind of thing. You'll see somebody up on a ridge. You'll throw the axe. And then you'll like turn around and you'll start punching people in the face. <laughs> nice. And if you punch people in the face long enough, uh, you'll get the indicator that uh, you can you know, do a finishing move, essentially. Mm-hmm. Which involves like kratos stomping their face in or ripping them apart or picking them up and throwing them at somebody or picking them up and throwing them off a cliff sure go fly (laughs) yes i can believe i can fly (laughs) no you can't but uh (laughs) i do like the idea of like him throwing the axe and like just waiting for it to come back and maybe like you hear spanish flea playing in the background while you're waiting (laughs) and punching people Like is this an Avengers fix. reference? Uh, am I missing something? No, no. It's just whenever, uh, whenever you're waiting around for stuff to happen, I just think of Spanish flea playing in the background. <laughs> yeah, uh, I don't know if I have much else to say about God of War. Actually, it just it it struck me that it's like, oh, look, another action game that has a, a skill tree. Right. This so uh, this is very much a thing. Gotcha. Yeah, it sounds to me like um, it'll be fun to play. Like, it sounds like the combat is satisfying, which is, you mm. know, I- I'm okay with that. Combat satisfying. You probably get a weepy story with Kratos and his kid. Uh, done in 20 hours. Probably won't think about it again for the rest of the year, but eh, I'll probably have fun with it by the sounds of it. It's more like 40 hours. Oh, God, that's right. They they really kind of beefed that up, didn't they? And Corey Barlog is a tour. <laughs> he, he wants to tell a story and you can see it in the game too like there's this one moment where uh you see the kids sitting in the house and then the camera whips around and you see kratos menacingly framed in the door frame the with shadow following over him it's like oh, oh look at this lighting it's so dramatic <laughs> we got dramatic lighting people Probably the most interesting thing about this game is that it's all quote-unquote one take. So they don't have loading screens. They don't have any cuts. It's just all one 
like oh. thing. It's That's all an engine, complete flow, mm-hmm. no anything. I, I think that's actually a pretty cool, like technical achievement. And I do too, it's, yeah. it's really interesting uh, that I wonder if this is the direction that action games just go from uh, in the future. Uh, no, no loading screens, nothing to interrupt it, as yeah. it were. That's actually not a bad idea because actually I had just reviewed Kirby, and although I did enjoy the game quite Kirby. a bit, he, um, there were a lot of like stops and load screens because it still kind of follows mm. that old-fashioned Kirby formula where you enter a door and then you're in another area and you enter another door and that's your bonus room. So you always have that little pause in between, and I don't think action games really need that very much. A plus. Uh, God of War also has a crafting system, surprising no one. Uh, you can install uh, items into his axe. Uh, that will power them up. You can get better armor. And when you get better armor, the armor on Kratos actually changes. That's cool. I was actually about to ask you that. Yep. So, I mean, that looks pretty cool. Uh, it went from his heavy kind of box standard Kratos armor. No, it's more like furs. He looked like... He, I mentioned that he looked like a grizzly bear. Like, he's wearing <laughs> furs in this well, game. Well, he is up in the northern, like, sort of Nordic yeah. lands. I don't blame him. He ended up in Scandahuvia. Um, oh yeah now kratos is gonna move to minnesota don't you know <laughs> we may, say the weather's kratos deals with minnesota nice <laughs> stop being so passive aggressive <laughs> yeah that would drive him crazy oh now you just settle down there mr kratos you have to make your turn like everyone else for your coffee <laughs> oh, i will destroy you uh no i i would pay good money for kratos in minnesota <laughs> i would play i would pay to see like fargo with with kratos in, like as a guest star yeah no I was bear armor to kind of like this thin almost nordic armor mm-hmm. actually it looks a little like something you might see in lord of the rings right yeah so yeah uh so yeah that's god of war a game that i will probably play um I don't know that I would quote unquote say that I'm excited for it, uh, but it is a game that exists. It's a, yeah, it's one of those games. It exists. That's your tag. And on. a game that will undoubtedly sell like 10 million copies, and will probably appear on a number of top 20 lists. Mm-hmm. And I'm and I'm sh- and it's going to be a franchise. Yeah. And I I don't know that I care. I see. I was never a fan of. The original God of War. I always found it way too, like, not really hyper-masculine, but just very edgy, I guess. Like, violent for the sake of being violent. It was, I so, it was so edgelord. Oh my it God. was very edgelord. I was never impressed by it. And some of the violence was kind of impressive and like, holy hell, that's kind of cool the way you thought of doing that. But in other times, it's like, okay, I'm kind of tired of this fighting and, you know, screwing everything you see. And uh, I think I'm checking out now. I was a fan of the original God of War. Oh, really? I was also, I, I also played God of War 2. Mm-hmm. Uh, I always thought that God of War 1 could have just stood on its own. It was yeah. a very tidy little arc about one man's quest for revenge. It ends up in a really, it opens in a really cool way, like Kratos throwing himself off a cliff. That's kind of neat. Yeah. I, I liked his quest for revenge against Ares. I liked his tragic backstory. Yes, it involved like a dead family, whatever, but... Mm-hmm. I mean, back in 2005, there was, like, real pathos there, and it felt like he was actually on a redemption arc, right? Yeah, that is true. And For the time, it was, like, it was quite unique. 
And then he sits on the throne. He's the god of war. You get a triumphant montage. And it literally is like, and from that time forward, Kratos was the god of war. And he watched over all the soldiers and blah, blah, blah. I'm like, oh, uh, great ending. Yeah. So he's a saint of killers. And then in the next... In the next game, he's an asshole. <laughs> like, the biggest asshole ever. Like, they completely derailed his character in God of War 2. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. He comes out, and he's just like, I'm a big, stompy bastard. I'm going to destroy the Colossus of Rhodes because I'm a jerk. My armies are running riot. And the gods are all like, calm down, Kratos. Jeez, stop being <laughs> such a jerk. He's like, no, he I'm Kratos. I will kill you. Grr. And then they depower him, and he's like, now you're really dead. <laughs> And he goes, and he goes and teams up with the Titans, and he's like, "The gods were mean." Yeah, I mean, yeah, I was breaking everything and being a total jerk, but they were really mean to me. They're mean to me. It kicks his heels, and the Titans hate the gods, so they're just like itching for any chance to screw them up. And then by God of War three, he comes right back, and he's he kills every one of them, and he's just so irredeemable. He is so awful yeah. and bad and horrible. That you're like, I can't root for you. Exactly. And screw the, screw the redemption arc. Like, they were trying to be like, oh, but Kratos is still sad about his family in God of War 3. You're killing everyone because you're sad about your family. I hate that. You brought this on yourself, you jerk. I hate stories that do that. But in God of War 1, that it actually made sense because, like, he had an actual motive because Ares manipulated him, right. made him an unstoppable killing machine, and then he accidentally kills his family. That's sad. Okay, that's tragedy. Right, That's and it the, kind of calls back to the, the myth of Hercules. And the first time I played, when I played God of War, and I've, I found Kratos being such an awful, over-the-top person hilarious, because mm-hmm. I had never really seen a villain, a, a protagonist like this. Like, True. When he, throw, when he takes a guy who gives him the thing that he needs, and he's like, no, I'm going to kill you, and throws him down the, <laughs> the mouth of the Hydra. That's funny. That was yeah. funny. Yeah, that's God of War, which is coming out next month, and I'm sure that we will have things to say about it. Yes, we will. But moving on, let's talk about a game that our audience really actually does care about, which mm. is God, not God of War, is Nino Kuni 2, another sequel, a game that uh, by the time you hear this podcast, uh, my review will be up, I will have finished the game. I have been playing it. It's actually shorter than you would think, Nadia. Okay, that's good, because I've been playing like 10 million, 100-hour RPGs, and sometimes you just need one that's a little bit saner. I think it's closer to more like 35. Wow. 30, 35, maybe 40 at the outside. Yeah, yeah. yeah that's the like the olden days back in the SNES. That's pretty much what you could expect. I think most of the the kind of the elements that bulk out the story are grinding to level up your castle. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Which you unlock in like chapter four. The the castle, as as you're gonna see in my review, it plays a large role in this story. Right, Nadia. Um, and it's actually my favorite part of the game. Okay, yeah, because I really liked the castle in Suikoden too. So I hope it's a bit mm. like that, where you build it up and you have people who move in and make trouble and just have a good time. Yeah. So this is what I'm gonna say about Nino Kuni two. Without the castle, I think it would be average mm-hmm. at best it's okay right yeah i i don't think there's anything especially remarkable about it it's very very treacly cute yes it is i mean what's it's like a fairy it's like a it's like a fairy tale 
It was the name of the, the so isn't there someone named like Mr. Whiskerbottom or something like that? Like You mean Evan Petty Whisker? That's the it. main Evan character. Come on, that's like what you name your cat when you're being sarcastic. He also has a cute little mascot mm, of course. that follows him around, who's his kingmaker. Can I talk about how weird the politics are in Nino Kuni 2 real quick? Well, if we're talking about a game where a Mr. Petty Whiskers is like involved in, in, in politics, sure, you may as well. <laughs> I mean, we've already talked about Babar. Yes. But so the, the, the main idea behind the game, of course, is that a kid is over... Like, Evan's dad is killed in a coup. Okay. And so Evan's driven out of his castle, and he resolves to start his own new kingdom with hookers. Hookers and blow, yes. And blow. <laughs> and black. Uh, screw the kingdom. <laughs> and he teams up with a guy named Roland, who is from, uh, well, kind of our universe. Mm-hmm. Yeah. he's uh, And it's established early on, like, where he's come from. And it's actually kind of messed up. And cool. I'm not allowed to talk about it, which is super annoying. But it's kind of messed up how he gets over here. Or over there, I suppose. And those are the two main characters, and they're the only characters that matter, mm-hmm. really. There are other characters, but they're, like, totally incidental. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, the, the girl who's, like, the sky pirate, she doesn't matter at all. Oh, that's too bad. I saw her, and there was, like, uh, some footage or some demo footage or something where she featured, and she seemed kind of cool. So, Evan Petty Whiskers' main goal is to build a new kingdom, which he accomplishes by going around and asking people to come live in his kingdom. <laughs> <laughs> just like the old kings of old and he wants to unite the world like there won't be any war if i run everything oh god he's yes. he's literally he's taking over the world he's he's the world's most like insidious supervillain. isn't i was gonna say isn't this usually what like villains do like of all rpgs like i'm gonna unite the world no you know you're not you can't take away individual thought yes i can so he he goes around to these kingdoms and he's basically like i did you a favor Will you sign my Declaration of Interdependence and join me? Wow. (laughs) Yeah, so, I mean, that's, like, most of the plot. (laughs) Uh, That's, like, most of the plot is uh, a lot of going around to these kingdoms, uh, doing them a solid, and having them uh, join in a union with you. I I changed Uh, your tire. Can you join my kingdom, please? It's it's kind of put forward like the United Federation of Planets. Uh Uh-huh. But, really, Evan runs everything. Yeah, by the sounds of it. There's a, another weird element of this is you're recruiting these people into your into your castle and then you go, welcome to Evermore. What will your job be? You're going to work in the mines. <laughs> you don't get to like, welcome. Sorry, he says, welcome to my castle. What's what job do you want? And then I guess presumably the people say, OK, I'll do this. No, you won't. You're going to work in the mines. Yeah. No, you assign them their role. Wow. That's as Orwellian as hell. And then meanwhile, most of the time, Evan is sitting there in his, like, extremely fancy castle hall, drinking, sipping tea with his uh, little boyfriend. (laughs) And, no, looking pretty as can be. And I'm just like, man, this game's classes to sell. I'm I'm just thinking of, like, uh, that scene in Conquer, where, like, Conquer's on the throne, drinking beer, like, leering over everything, and just the world's under his foot. It's like Evan Petty Whiskers, like, we're all gonna work together to build to build a wonderful kingdom and it's going to be great except i run everything and i owe everything and i you owe me everything i sit on my ass and drink tea do they explore this at all no (laughs) wow you keep coming back to your castle and it's like 
The people are working very hard for you. <laughs> They're giving you their money, oh all God. their money and all the materials. I'm like, give me. I need okay, to keep. I am 100 down with cult <laughs> sin 2018. And you keep re you keep reinvesting into your castle, right? Right. And building it up and building it up. But of course, the castle is the biggest because the castle's got to be the biggest. Oh, of course, you can't live with the commoners. Are you kidding me? It just goes to show, by the way, how screwed up our politics are today that my immediate thought was, huh, Evan Petty Whisker's a globalist. <laughs> Pretty much. Yeah. Wow. Uh, and the other thing I kept thinking was, when the revolution comes, Evan Petty Whisker will be the first against the wall. First up against the wall. Get up against the wall! Oh no, yeah, this, this is terrible! <laughs> the, it just, it's so weird playing this game, especially, like, okay, I get it, it's a fairy tale, Right. right. A fairy tale where like these characters all, are all coming together and as long as the monarch loves their people and wants to do the best by the kingdom everything's going to be great it's just it's so weird because like okay that's fine for a children's book that's maybe 10 pages long but not for an rpg that's 40 hours long this is basically a kid's book yeah it's, it's very saturday morning cartoon with his, like, evil villains and, you know, cat evil with a capital E. Of course. And everybody wants to basically help one another out. And they're working in their best interest. And there's not really any politics. Of and course not. There are, yeah. So it's it's cute in, in, in that way. It, it's a throwback. Uh, but I just find myself kind of cackling at how how far you can really take its view on like establishing a good government (laughs) (laughs) don't even get me started on what evan's kids are probably going to be like so what i'm saying basically is that actual monarchies never work out in the long term because the kids always there's always going to be a kid or there's always going to be a succession of power and when evan inevitably dies the rat people are going to show up (laughs) and take over his kingdom and all will be darkness so what I'm saying is that Nino Kuni 2 can never have a happy ending. Glory to the rat people. So now that I've ruined your RPG for you. <laughs> it's, it's, I, I mean, it's not tedious. Yeah, yeah. But the battle system, like, the battle system looks like it has a lot of systems going on, right? right? So, but what it really amounts to is if you got strong gear, you're good. Right. It's all fine. Like, just keep leveling up that gear. And you're you're okay, and you do that by, you know, just going to the shops and buying it, and that's typical RPG trope. That's totally cool, right? Uh, but it's a lot simpler than it ultimately looks as right. an action RPG goes, because like the battles take like a minute, mm-hmm. to, like less than a minute, like maybe fifteen seconds to complete if you're geared up properly. Totally cool. Um, the higgledies don't actually matter that much. Are those the little guys that follow you around? The little sprites, yeah. yeah. Uh, I mean. I was kind of surprised at, like, I, I kept waiting for it to get a lot more elaborate, yeah. and it never did. Right, right. So you can, like, you can get additional Higgledies, you can cook them up, you can nurture them. I didn't really have a strong feel for how much stronger they were when right. you actually leveled them up. So I didn't put a lot of emphasis on that. I, I mean, I, I did level them up. Mm-hmm. I, I did keep, I guess it makes their attack stronger. They have these little abilities, and I think that's where their main value is. They have these little abilities that will help out your party. Like, they'll heal you, um, or they will 
they'll do a little bit of healing or they will like give you some some buffs right but often you're chewing through random encounters so quickly that like you barely even notice them right right it's much more about the elemental skills on your swords and that kind of thing so yeah so so yeah the combat is actually simpler than it looks you get this tactics tuner and you uh you adjust you twist the little knobs and you're like oh, i want to do more damage to fairy type enemies as mm. opposed to slime type enemies okay, or i want to mess around with the drops i want to uh i want to do more damage with my strong attacks or i want to build up my mp quick more quickly right I mean, like there's some interesting interesting choices to be made with the tactics tuner but i don't think it really matters that much is there any sort of um difficulty adjustment no, 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 there's no difficulty adjuster. That's like, a little too bad. Are you, you're thinking the world ends with you? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, what it comes down to is buy the best gear, you're, you're set. So, uh, and then when you're fighting bosses, like, the bosses are a little more involved because right. uh, the Hageldies are involved, uh, are a lot more involved in that case. Often when you're fighting the big bosses, like the, the big, big bosses, they will have their own specific Higgledies that mm-hmm. you have to take advantage of in some way. Like either they'll be shooting tons of cannons at a, at a boss or they will block fire attacks or, um, or they will even become a turret that right. you use to knock off the armor of a boss. Oh, that's kind of cool. The, the, the boss fights are, are okay. Right. They're, 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 they're not too bad. Uh, pretty much every major quest follows the same loop. Right. Oh, the monarch of this king of this kingdom is being controlled. Now you must go into a dungeon and solve some traversal puzzles. And, and then you get now you fight him. the big boss and everything's good. Yay. Yay. <laughs> and it keeps hitting this loop repeatedly. Right. Uh, the thing that I found the most interesting about it, as I said, was a castle. Uh, I mm-hmm. thought it was executed really well. So, so what do you do? For here's that? one of my big problems with castles, okay? You often don't have reason to go back to them. Right. Yeah, like you just kind of like leave everyone to their own devices while you're uh, exploring and uh, that's why I mentioned Suikoden 2 because that was a fun castle to go back to. What was Suikoden 2's castle? Like I don't remember it very well. What was so special about its castle? Well, for one thing you had the cooking contest, which some people think is the best part of the game and uh, it was just a good place to get things done like I remember you could recruit a detective, and um, you could get the detective to uh, s- search for more info about your, your characters, and of course there's 108 of them, so he would like always come back with different info for you. Uh, you would just kind of see them, the, your characters hanging out. Like I remember th- when I got the unicorn, Siegfried, he'd just kind of hang out drinking from the, <laughs> the pond at front, and I'm like, hey unicorn, how's it going? So you would just kind of like find the characters, see what they were up to, and you know, they'd be hanging out at the bar or whatever. Like, it was it's a very homey sort of place. And you kind of see laundry drawing on the lines. It was neat. You know, Kuni 2 doesn't really have that element to mm. it. Like, it doesn't have a cooking contest. Boo. What it does have is you build up the shops. The shops give you stuff. You periodically... Uh, interestingly, it does kind of a mobile gaming type thing where you automatically earn money mm-hmm. from the hard-earned taxes of the proletariat who of are course. working or toiling beneath you. Uh, you take their taxes, you take their materials, and you can use that to build up more stuff for your castle. And 
you can level up the you can periodically level up the castle and make it bigger and it's a good reflection of the progress that you're making uh you can also pick up side quests by walking actually walking around the castle and talking to people mm-hmm. and when i say walking around when i say walking around the town i mean that it shifts to the overworld perspective and you got the little cupid doll <laughs> evan right. which by the way that overworld has what the heck it's like they implement they imported it straight from the ps2 yeah, I what were they even about thinking that. about that? Um, it's like, okay, did you guys run out of time? What happened there? That's a little bit weird. It feels like a stylistic choice. Yeah, which is very strange. It feels like they had a certain budget, and uh, this is just pure speculation on my part. They had a certain budget, and they could they wanted to do a lot with this game, but they could only do so much. Of course, yeah. So they went for a style that was deliberately simplistic to be able to to do it and frankly i i i don't want to say that it ruins the game because it doesn't but mm-hmm. the the contrast is so jarring yeah it that it be. drags down the graphics as a whole right because you kind of because i've seen the battle scenes and whatnot and they look fantastic and then you go mm. to this ps2 era as you as you explained it and it's just doesn't really balance each other out very well does it at one point you're flying around in an airship mm-hmm. like it seriously looks like an early PS2 game when you're looking at the mountains and everything. I, I just not not a ton of pop in. It's just the textures are so Very, simple. Yeah, simplistic. I suppose not much in the way of detail. I would even go as far as to say that a lot of PS2 games look better. <laughs> this is like a <laughs> ouch. This is not like oh, I mean, Final Fantasy X was trying to be as good as possible, and now it's outdated. No, I'm saying like it looks like a mid-budget PS2 mm-hmm. game <laughs> in HD. fantastic in hd so i'm just like and then worse they accentuate it by with this strategy layer which i don't understand why i i get it like they want to impress upon you that evan petty whisker has an army Mm -hmm. it ties into the whole becoming a king and rising to become like to own the world or something uh but it also is in this same kind of PS2 overworld type thing. I, yeah, I saw that. So it spends a lot of time. I spent a lot of time staring at the ugliest part of the game. <laughs> yeah, no one wants to do that. That That is very jarring. It's just a strange idea, mm-hmm. I think. So I think when you take it together, it's executed competently. Um, it's reasonably fun to play. Um, I found myself uh, like I didn't hate it, I suppose, but I don't see a ton of merit in it. I, I don't think there's anything that truly rises above except maybe the, the castle element. Right. Right. And of I, course, uh, PlayStation 4, let's face it, has some really excellent RPGs. We're not exactly in an era where we're starved for JRPGs anymore. Yeah, that's a problem for it, right? It's yeah. not 2011 anymore. No. I would say that this is a solid B tier, maybe B minus tier RPG. Mm-hmm. And Jason Schreier really seems up on this game, and I'm trying to figure out why. Um, I I don't want to speak negatively. I, I don't want to. I don't want to. I don't want to impugn the reputation of Jason Schreier. No, but he also hated Xenoblade Chronicles Two, which I adored. So I am taking all of his. Not enough salt. people are talking about Nino Kuni Two. I'm I'm excited to see his review, mm-hmm. and I may even be the in the minority on this one, because you you know me, Miss. Oh, I would rather play Monster Hunter. 
No, I, I would. I, 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 I I'm a systems based gal, whatever. But uh, what am I missing here? No, I I think um, going by what you're saying, I still want to play it because it sounds mm. like a very cute sort of little RPG, but not one that would really make my best of the year list at the end of the day. But mm. not a, not necessarily a game you regret spending time with, but just nothing really overly remarkable. And I'm kind of surprised that Schreier's not looking at the story for this thing and saying, "Ah, uh, this is weird." What itch does the scratch? That's a good yeah. That's a good way to uh, to describe like. Why would you play an RPG? If you want really cute anime style RPG that's kind of in the the classical style of a of you know the PS2, I I would play a Tales game. Right, right. I I would play Tales of Berseria, for example, before I played this. If you're looking for something that's a, like kind of like Dragon Quest but an action RPG, I, I guess it kind of scratches that itch a little bit. Uh, I don't. I think it is misleading to suggest, and I'm not saying that Jason Trier is doing this. Uh, I do think it's misleading to compare this to Suikoden 2 because I don't think they have anything in common. Right. Like the way you're describing the castle versus like what the the castle is in Suikoden 2, it doesn't sound very much like at all. Right. And in Suikoden 2, when you're recruiting people, they are party members who are, you know, part of, like you can have them in infinite permutations. And. In this game, when you're recruiting people, you go and do a side quest, and it's like a fetch quest. So it's mm-hmm. like, oh, get five of the thing, deliver it. Oh, you got a new person. <laughs> or or go kill a bonus monster. Right. And oh, look, now they they joined. They've they've come on in, and they're they've been sent to the mines <laughs> <laughs> under the castle. Under the castle with you into the fields. <laughs> the little sky pirate girl who's ostensibly a character but i don't think she has any arc outside of her main quest mm-hmm. um yeah no she went right to the mines oh no but she be- she belongs in the sky into so. the mines with you <laughs> oh dear yeah like yeah you you get additional party members but they do not have arcs outside of their main quest line right that's too bad yeah no roland and evan and maybe Maybe a little bit of another character that you ultimately end up recruiting. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's all it's all about Evan and Roland. It's all about Evan and the great <laughs> benevolent nation that he's building. I think the funnest, the most fun I had with this game was just building up the castle. Uh, you can get some really good gear out mm-hmm. of building up that castle. You definitely want to build up the castle, right? Build up the castle if you play this game. Get the weapons. Get the outfitter. Uh, get them up to the maximum level because you'll get really good weapons out of it and then you can also progressively power them up and that's how you succeed in this game also there's an xp thing and if you don't if you don't make use of that if you don't use make use of the xp boosts uh you're going to become under leveled pretty fast right that's good to know and if you're under leveled in this game it doesn't matter how much you manipulate the tactics tuner or how good your higgledies are or whatever you're going to get rolled you are going <laughs> to get face rolled right and that's just how it is so yeah it's all about just gear what like i said which is not inherently a bad thing i'm just saying that the tactics i think are a little superfluous right right how, how badly was it? i i kind of ripped this game apart didn't i uh, no, I don't think so. Like I said, I still want to play it, but you're not kind of blowing up my expectations or anything. Like, uh, I yeah. totally agree with you on the visuals because I have seen them and I have seen that switch mm. and I was kind of like, what the hell? That is so weird. Why would you do that? Uh, the story sounds 
fun to work through, but really weird, like that it doesn't really consider how evil it technically is. Well, it's like a, I don't know if it's evil. It's just weird. Yeah. It's it's fairy tale land. Yeah, but it's it's still a weird basis for a 40-hour RPG to not kind of explore itself a little bit further. Uh, Masturbation joke goes here. And well, in in this world, in this world, you do live happily ever after. Mm Mm-hmm. And you have these little animal characters. <laughs> it's very fairy tale. It's very storybook, which is not a which is not necessarily a bad thing to have in an RPG like this. Like it's it's very sweet. It's very cute. Right. But there's uh, even a guy. Did you ever watch GI Joe? A little bit, yeah. Do you? So there was Cobra Commander. Yes. But then there was like this Emperor guy. Was that um, Serpentor? That might have been his name. Yeah, he had yeah, like this stupid. big. He had the big cobra thing. That was Serpentor. The main villain looks just like him. <laughs> and he's he has the like the he has the whole cobra get up and everything. Oh my god! Does he go around yelling cobra la 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 la? Because I think that was his stupid freaking battle cry, and everyone still laughs at it. Uh, I didn't know he did that. I yeah. just I just know that this was the guy. So, yeah. So yeah. So that's Nino Kuni too. A game that is GI Joe. I'm not going to recommend it. Oh, that's that's a spicy take for the week right there. I'm going to ultimately give it a 3.5 out of 5. Mm-hmm. And mostly because of the castle. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to say, like, this is a game you gotta buy. Right. Like, this is the RPG you gotta play. Right. I think that... I, I think that there are lots of really good RPGs out there. And I don't think... I think this game struggles to differentiate itself from them in right. a really meaningful way. It's above average. Okay, yeah. It sounds like uh, if you have nothing else, like if you are done like every mm-hmm. other RPG in the PS4's library, that's like a four or five by all means, but mm-hmm. otherwise take a pass for a while. Wait, I, know, I know that there's going to be people in the comments who are like, well, I'm going to buy it anyway because this is just a kind of sweet little RPG that I've been looking for and I'm going to enjoy it. Godspeed to you. Go I bet ahead. you will. I bet you really will enjoy it. Yeah, I bet absolutely. you'll go. This is great. The world is like fun and well realized, and like there are cute little characters everywhere. And I don't even care about how bizarre the politics are. And mm-hmm. I don't. I and I don't care that. Yeah, the overworld looks kind of weird, and the battle system isn't actually that great. Yeah, I'm just going to enjoy it. But, and with that, let's move on to reader mail. All right, Nadia. Last week we taught we talked up Xenoblade Chronicles two with Anthony Agnello, and the, the people responded. Wellman Second says, as someone who took 125 hours to be beat Xenoblade Chronicles two and has a play clock of nearly 400 without even sniffing New Game Plus yet, just grinding for rare Blade cars, trying to get Cosmos. Ursula's awful quest and trying to take out super bosses, I can definitely say it is a great but flawed game, just like the other Xeno titles. Mm-hmm. So are you trying to uh, fight the super bosses, Nadia? Oh, God, no. Um, there's actually one fantastic super boss that I ran into by accident, and I really love the way it's introduced. Basically, there is a... Uh, one of the continents uh, is called Genbu, or... Uh, that's basically the name of the titan that it's on. And if this is like really, this is a really cold, snowy, dark sort of titan, and you find out why. But once in a while, the weather changes, and it becomes foggy. And when it becomes foggy, these literal Lovecraftian horrors come out. 
and it is actually kind of freaky because we're talking about like you'll see an enemy over here is like oh I'm level 40 and then all of a sudden king monster with like 20 tentacles is like level 150 there's your super boss don't piss it off so I just really like the way that those that one was introduced but most of the super bosses I am not at all strong enough to take on even though I have 200 hours under my belt you know what RPG is way better than uh, Nino Kuni 2? Xenoblade Chronicles 2? Oh yeah that game is so much better. I, I I would put another forty fifty hours into Xenoblade Chronicles two before I before I play Nino Kuni two uh, if, for forty. If nothing else, uh, from what you've told me, just the world of Xenoblade Chronicles two for all the game's flaws is just so mm. interesting, and the atmosphere is so good. Like the way I just described the super boss that they introduce, that still freaks me out. And that's just a really good example of how the mechanics actually all play into each other really well. Yes. As opposed to, you have these mechanics that are there to accentuate the gameplay, but ultimately maybe don't matter in the in the grand scheme of things. No. So, uh, Rider Kicker said, I wonder if Kat collaborate on how, how people spend so many hours on sports games, which she has said are RPGs that come out every year. People have fun with the main gameplay battle mechanics, but they stay addicted because of the many other modes, including a build a character and manage a league and such, though that may be in the archives. Yeah, uh, I have put a couple of hundred hours into sports games in the past, and that's pretty much what Rider Kicker was saying, is mm-hmm. that uh, there's always some new mode. There's always some mode that grabs people, whether it's grinding up cards and building the quote-unquote ultimate team, right. or role-playing in a league, I've done that too, or building up a character and trying to make them into a super-duper star. And <laughs> The if hero. you get really sucked into a game, I I played six full seasons of FIFA, FIFA 15, I think it was, where mm-hmm. my main goal was to win. It's called a treble. You win three different trophies in a single season. Wow. And my goal was to do that without restarting a single game. And I did it, damn nice. it. I, I built a kick-ass team and I totally managed to do that. There you go. There's your super boss. Yeah, it was one of my uh, one of the most rewarding uh, sports game, uh, or one of the best gaming experiences I've ever had. The problem is that I'm now totally burned on a FIFA. <laughs> I was wondering, I'm like, wait a minute, like, not to say you don't play FIFA, but you don't talk about it nearly as much as you talk about like you know Madden and whatnot. I Madden is because I play with other people. FIFA doesn't right. have online leagues. Is the oh, problem? Really? FIFA is all about the ultimate teams, which mm-hmm. is just grinding. So much grinding, all of the grinding. That's what Tom's really into, apparently. Yeah, I mean, I, I like FIFA too. Because when you're playing with somebody on the couch, that's the one of the best possible gaming experiences that you can have. But the the main basic online experiences. And why the hell am I talking about this? Let's keep moving on. <laughs> uh, Hulu has Hulu has a very long thing about radiant historia a perfect chronology which boils down to their they disagree with anthony's uh take on the battle system they do think that it actually gets more interesting as time goes on mm-hmm. and it does not appear they don't like the ending right yeah i saw that big long comment about the ending i'm like i'm not going to read this just yet because i'm still playing the game so i, I don't want to uh, be spoiled and tv's adam says i'm trying to open my heart and mine sufficiently to embrace the idea that someone could consider Arden to be a better villain than Kefka. It's not going great. <laughs> yeah. Do you see like way more of Arden in the DLC? Cause I've only played the base game and found it to be so thinly characterized as to be more on par with say Ultimicia. Ooh. 
Interesting I, combination. Interesting comparison. I think that's a fair take, to yeah. be perfectly honest. Uh, yeah, I, just, I like Arden, though. I think the thing is, Arden is kind of like the Joker, right? He's yeah. just kind of following you around. He's He always seems to be one step ahead of you at all times. He's just messing around with you. He's got weird hair. Yeah. I mean, he looks cool. He has. If you're playing it in Japanese, he has a great voice actor. Oh, that's good to know. Because I didn't, I didn't dislike his voice actor by any means in English. but uh... That's the thing I should mention. You know, Kuni 2 does let you play in Japanese, which is great. Should you? Like, did you yes. play the... Okay, <laughs> so you played the English voice? But I always say that. I mean, yeah. the English voices are fine, actually. Okay. It's not, the English voices aren't bad at all. I always give them a chance, so I'll probably do that. Yes, it is a perfectly inoffensive RPG. Uh, I also have the music stuck in my head now. Is it good? It's okay. It's just like the rest of the game. Sounds, okay. <laughs> just like the rest of the game, it's perfectly okay. <laughs> it won't kill you. Yeah, th- this game is so going to be hit and miss. I bet there are going to be people who call this their game of the year. Yeah. And I'm and I'm just like it's okay. Why do you like this game so much? <laughs> and on that note, after a solid hour of crapping all over Nino Kuni two, <laughs> well, we spent half an hour on God of War, you know. Access Blood God is a US Gamer podcast. You can find us on iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever podcasts are sold. Do us a favor, leave us a review. Please don't complain about the fact that we just crapped all over Nino Kuni two. Uh, leave us a serious review and tell us how great we are, because we love hearing how great we are. <laughs> <laughs> Don't criticize us, but tell us how great we are. That's okay. Yeah, we want to hear... Let me put it this way. If you like the show, leave a, leave a review. We'd love to hear uh, yes, from you. That's fair. And by the way, if you want to have your comment left on the show, there are the show notes on the official website, or just send us an email at usgamer at usgamer.net. Which, by the way, if you send us like a 50-paragraph uh, mail, we enjoy reading them, but we won't necessarily read them on the show because as you, they're, they're kind of long. As it were. We do appreciate that you want to take that time to write to us, though. So thank you. I think Rider Kicker has mastered the art of the interesting in-depth comment that is nevertheless short enough for me to actually read on the show. Yes, so good job on that. If you want to see... Good job, Rider Kicker. Take a look at his work to get an idea what to do. (laughs) Copy. Follow us on all of the social medias. That would be Twitter, Facebook, USG... Twitch, that kind of thing. Also go to usgamer.net. There's usgamer.net all the way around. And mm-hmm. uh, Nadia's at Nadia Oxford. I'm th- at the underscore catbot. Next week is going to be GDC week. Whoa. It's going to be extremely busy, but we'll be back as always to record another episode of Axe the Blood God, probably to recap GDC. And I am hella busy. Uh, once I finish this, I have to finish up my Nino Kuni 2 review and all of my God of War preview stuff, and oh my god, just kill me now. <laughs> but until then, for Nadia and myself, thanks for listening. Until next time, happy adventuring. <laughs>